Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss. Hi, everybody. And each week we celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and moms around the world. Hello, Heather. Hi. Okay, dear Atomic Mamas, I have Heather Brooker sitting across from me in studio. In the studio. Live. <laughs> Live in my garage. <laughs> and so first, let me fill you in. She is an actress, comedian, Emmy Award-winning journalist, and host of Motherhood in Hollywood podcast. She's appeared on the TV shows like Grey's Anatomy, The Office, Fresh Off the Boat, and The Mindy Project. On her podcast, she discusses her two passions, parenting and entertainment. She has appeared as a guest on CBS2. Slash nine? Is that how yeah, you it's it? CBS2, KCAL 9. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a merged station. And is a regular <laughs> contributor to the Huffington Post, Mom.me, Wonderwall, and the Today Show parenting team, as well as her own blog. Uh, by the way, everyone check out her blog. It's awesome. She lives in L.A. with her husband and her three-year-old daughter. Yes. Who else has a three-year-old daughter? You do. I do. And our three-year-old daughters are on a blind date right now. They totally are. It's so cute. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Channing was so excited to meet Sabrina. Like, she could not wait. She was asking me all kinds of questions about her, and it was really sweet how Sabrina came to the door and was like, hello, and welcome to my home. <laughs> we talked about it. You did? Did you <laughs> yeah. have to prep? Oh, we prepped. Because at first she was like, well, uh, I want to watch my show by myself. And I was like, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> Please, not Please this morning. Do Please don't do that this morning. And then she tried to negotiate with me because I was like, you guys are going to watch Daniel Tiger. And she goes, I really want to watch PJ Masks. Oh, yeah, we love PJ Masks. Like, oh. Yeah. But then, you know, so we compromised with Shimmer and Shine. Yeah. Uh, and Heather was like, you know, Channing's really great, you know, playing mm. with other kids in their homes. And I'm like, Sabrina's really great with playing with other kids in their homes as well. It's our it home that's different. a little. Yeah. Channing gets really excited. Yeah, she gets really excited when people come over, and she will ask complete strangers to come to our house. What? She'll go, do you want to come to our house and meet my kitty, Gracie? And she's always asking people, do you have a cat? Do you have a pet? Do you want to come meet my cat? Well, we're going to be talking about your cat in a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, let's just kick it off there. All right, let's do it. Okay, so uh, you've been in the entertainment industry for a really long time. Mm -hmm. How many years? Um, well, I officially started full-time, like, acting probably 10 years ago, okay. maybe. I started late. I was one of those late starters um, because I was a journalist and a reporter and anchor, you know, in various markets and stuff for years before that. And I just realized I was like, I really love goofing around and making people laugh rather than talking about murders and crimes and, like— And winning Emmys. And winning Emmys. Oh, yeah, and winning Emmys. Oh, that helps. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so I was just like, I, I really missed acting and performing. So I left journalism. I say left journalism. I stopped reporting and anchoring. And then I came out here with my husband. This was before baby, before we had kids. And, um, yeah, just started, just jumped right in and then went, okay, this is gonna be a lot harder than I thought it was. Yeah. So, that's he, brutal, by the way. We are. That moment. Yeah. Well, there's many moments. Yeah. Lots of little heartbreaks along the way to discover that, but I came out here right after college as an actress, and we can talk more about that later. But the funny thing—it's not funny. It's heartbreaking. The heartbreaking thing is uh, I was the first one that I knew to come out here. Uh, Everyone else went to New York, Mm -hmm. and then—or they went to grad school. And then a lot of grad school kids would come out here, and you'd have that lunch because they'd want to know about the biz. Mm -hmm. And they'd be so starry-eyed and so excited— and like so convinced it was going to happen. <laughs> they were like, so convinced it was going to happen within a year. Uh, 
And then and then you catch up with them a little while later, and they're like, okay, cool. We all sort of have that, like, dull yeah. look in our eyes. That malaise after a while because you start going, oh, wait a minute. I don't have an agent. I don't know, right. for, you know where to start or anything. Yeah, it's such a— it's such a hard business. I I sometimes feel like I wish I would have started right after college. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been a lot further along um, than I am now. Uh, and I that's my only regret. For me, it just meant I got to quit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Be like, and I'm done. And now scene. I know. Um, there are moments when I have that that feeling where I'm like, do I want to keep trying to be an actress? Like. I know I'm an actor, and I always right. identify as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just, it's so hard to let go and just be like, maybe it's not meant to be. You know, it's like giving up on a dream. When do you, yeah. when do you decide to give up on your dream? That's a tough. Ugh, that's a tough. This call. is a downer. We're like three minutes in, and people are like, <laughs> Listen, I need everyone, a drink. We're here to let Whoa. you know. Here's when you well, give up on your dreams. <laughs> Ellie has the host of Motherhood in Hollywood over, and within five minutes. <laughs> Oh my god! Talking about getting I can't laugh too hard. I literally will have like the worst coughing fit ever, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, why does your guest okay. smoke so much?" Well, we have so many. I want to talk about that as yeah. well. Uh, not smoking, but oh. <laughs> I, I will say quickly yeah. that last night the winds in Los Angeles were oh. so extreme. So my husband, who his one joy of the week is to go to basketball. He plays basketball with his coworkers uh-huh. every week, and so last night he went to basketball. And I put Serena to bed. Everything was good. I get my phone down to about 5% because I'm just like looking at the New York Times and I'm looking up your stuff. And um, my phone charger is too short. So I don't, you know, it's not plugged in. And then the electricity went out on the entire block. Oh, no. Pitch black. The entire block because of the winds. Oh, wow. And I had to put the flashlight thing on my phone, which, by the way, drains the battery oh, so yeah. fast yeah. that I had just enough time to text Adam that... I don't have any way of communicating, and there's no electricity. <laughs> please yeah. come home. Please come home, yeah. <laughs> it was oh terrifying. My God. Now, the Santa Anas are no joke. Like, they literally, I mean, there's tree ranches everywhere, all over, or palm tree ranches yeah. all over L.A. They ha- they're in our front yard sometimes, and when yeah. it's really windy, Adam's like, don't let our little dog out because we're afraid <laughs> he's going to be a casualty. Because yeah. these palm trees are so tall. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it would really knock you out. So that's about the winds and our our, uh, sniffles this morning. And to circle back, though, to how (laughs) on earth I transitioned from your cat, Gracie, to your career in Hollywood. I think I did that. That you are, you know, you do a lot of red carpet events. Mm -hmm. So you're always, like, have the inside scoop on Hollywood. and, And then, like... You went Hollywood in the most unpredictable way. You posted a video yeah. on YouTube about Gracie. Let's talk about going viral, Heather. Yeah. That was the most unexpected, strange, um, but hilarious situation. So for for a few weeks before, actually for a while before Christmas, we were going to get Channing a cat. She had been asking for a cat. She says she doesn't like dogs. She only wants a cat. So we were like, let's go and adopt a cat. And um, I went the day before Christmas. I picked her up. We had this plan that we were going to put her in a box with some bows. We're not going to seal the box. You know, the internet freaked out about that, but we're not seal the box. <laughs> Peta was yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, I'm sitting there, and the grandparents had helped like pay for the cost of the cat and the supplies and everything. So I was like, I'm going to film this moment so they can see she's going to open this box, and there's going to be a cat there, like mew. 
And she's going to, you know, start crying. Like, oh, I have a cat. So what ended up <laughs> happening was we brought it in. And while she's taking the bows off of the box, the cat somehow, like, sneaks out the side and she didn't see it. Like, I don't know if her hair was in her face or what. But she didn't see it because it happened, like, lightning fast. And she's like, why would you give me an empty box? And she's just standing there looking at the box thinking that we're playing some mean joke on her. And then when she sees the cat and realizes what it is, she's like, oh, I have a cat. Um, so I put it on Facebook thinking, oh, this is too cute. People will really enjoy yeah. this. And um, I started getting messages from people like, oh, my gosh, can I share this? This is so funny. And I, you should put this on YouTube. And I was like, really? Okay. So I put some little Christmas borders on the video and I put it on YouTube. And when I went to bed the day after Christmas, it had like, 30,000 views or something. And I was like, this is crazy. I've made That's it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then I woke up the next morning and it had over a million. And it was the number one trending video on YouTube <laughs> all the week of Christmas. And I was like, "I are you kidding me? I have been busting my butt for a decade trying to get <laughs> some attention. this level of fame. Yeah. And my cat that I've had for <laughs> 24 hours, literally. And your is kid. Sorry, and my kid. Um, yeah. and, and I love you write on your blog about what your friend's piece of advice was. You got to share that. Oh, yeah. To put, to, should put my face on the front of the camera. Yeah. Um, but, so, like you weren't in the viral yeah. video. <laughs> I actually have a friend who texted me and goes, um, you really, you know, you really messed up. You should have put your, your face in front of the camera because now nobody's going to know who you are. You're not going to be the next Chewbacca mom now. Your kid and your cat are famous. And I was <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Like, just kind of, like, lean my head in the video every time I shoot a video of uh-huh. someone. How ridiculous. So, also, it was just so unexpected. Like, who, so who unexpected. knew? Now it's had almost three and a half million views on YouTube. <laughs> well, we'll be sharing it as well oh, on yeah, our yeah, uh, Facebook page. Please do, because it's really funny. Um, and it's just... A quick little 40-second thing, and people kept messaging me, like, I watch it over and over again. And people um, made remixes of it. There's remixes of it. Yeah, like DJs uh, on YouTube took it, and (laughs) they put, like, a beat behind it where it's like, a cat! (laughs) And it's so ridiculous. But I'm like, that's the internet. And then, of course, there's all the comments. People are like... There's no way this kid is three. She's easily eight. You know, what are you feeding this kid? And my daughter is tall. She's a tall girl, but she's not like eight tall. And also, I mean, we'll share a photo if you allow us. Yeah, sure. Of uh, you and your daughter. And uh, no, she looks super healthy. Well, she's and almost she's, four now. So yeah. she's, you know. But she yeah. doesn't have the baby fat. No. She runs everywhere. That's everywhere. All. But I love the judgment. You're yeah. Just like, oh, really? Yeah. You, you're watching a Christmas cat video yeah. and you're judging yes. that my daughter looks too mature for her age? Yeah. They're like, um, this is clickbait. This kid is clearly six. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm like, like, you're right. You got me. And also we got the kid from Central Casting. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> she's not even she's my not kid. She's really my child. I don't know where she's from. Now, in tracking you on Instagram... <laughs> I was very excited about your upcoming trip to London. Mm-hmm. And so you were sharing details about your planning for the trip for mm-hmm. about four months. Yeah. And then you're in London. And can we talk about your experience? Sure. What a crazy – I mean, it was so weird also because we'd been <clears throat> tracking this for months. Right. That you were going on this trip right. and then for it to be that day and at that time – it's fair. I'm literally getting goosebumps now just like hearing that because my husband bought me for my 40th birthday in November um, a trip to London for our family trip because one of the things I had told him 
you know, as we got older, he's like, what do you want? You know, we have everything. What do you want? And I was like, I just want to have adventures with my family. I want to go and do things together and explore the world around us. So he's like, okay, let's go explore. So I've been planning this trip to London for months and we get there. And um, the first full day that we had in London to explore, we headed to Westminster Abbey and Parliament and Big Ben and then within minutes of crossing over Westminster Bridge, the London terrorist attack happened. And we were walking towards the London Eye because we had reservations. And here's what's so eerie, and I think about it. I remember making the reservations for the London Eye. And I was like, I want to kind of book it around sunset because I've been on it before. And I know it takes a long time to, to go around. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's a giant um, Ferris wheel with huge... Um, cabins in it that hold 25 people in each cabin. And there's, you know, a dozen, a couple dozen. Anyway, so it goes around and you have to make a specific appointment for it. So, um, because it's so crowded. And I was thinking, well, I'll make my appointment for like three in the afternoon because then by the time we get there, we check in, we get our tickets, we get in line, you know, whatever, and get up to the top. It'll be sunset and we'll have perfect Instagram pictures. <laughs> like yeah. everything is voted by Instagram. And, um, well, it's that was the, the mat. What is it called? Magic hour. Yeah, and it's the magic hour. And I just thought, oh, it'd be so in perfect. Hollywood. Everyone, in Hollywood, yeah, magic that's a very Hollywood. It's, it's term. called magic hour, right? Yeah, what absolutely. is it called? It uh, is magic hour. Magic hour. Okay. Yeah. Where, Where the sunlight like, is everything just looks so everything perfect. looks glowy. Everyone perfect. looks twenty times more beautiful. We should all have lighting. That's magic hour lighting. There should be like an app for that. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll make that app. We'll make millions. Um, but yeah, so I had planned this uh, appointment and we were on our way to the London Eye. And all of a sudden we look up and there's a bunch of helicopters. We start hearing police sirens and we're like, what's going on? And we look over in the bridge where we just were. And there's all these ambulances and police cars. And um, we watch up to the ticket office to pick up our tickets and they were closing them. They were like, we're closing everything down. We're shutting it down. And they started evacuating some of the carousels on the London Eye. And so I just jumped live on Facebook because I'm a former news nerd like that. And I was like, Hey guys, what's going on? Does anybody know? This is weird. And, um, I quickly found out that there had been a terrorist attack literally where we had just been standing 15 minutes before. And what, what's so eerie to me about it is it was two tourists from America and it was right where we were standing, looking at parliament on the bridge. And I was you know, going to do a Facebook Live there. And um, Chris was like, no, come on, we don't want to miss our tickets. And had I lingered or had I, you know, we lingered mm -hmm. in Westminster Abbey, you know, a, a little bit longer or anything like that, we would have been standing right there when that happened. And with your three-year-old. With my three-year-old, yeah. And it was such an eerie, um, once it sort of clicked, like everything that happened, it was like, oh my gosh, we, you know, we narrowly escaped this very dangerous situation. And um, <clears throat> it, I spent the rest of the afternoon because, you know, like I said, I used to be a reporter and I still have lots of um, contacts all over the country who were like, who also were following along and knew I was in London. And they were like, can you go live for us? Can you do a live phoner? Can you shoot video for us? Can you do all that stuff? So I spent the next two and a half hours doing live interviews for stations across the U.S. And I shot video and I sent it back to my station um, here in L.A. And uh, it's just, it, once it all sank in as we were leaving, it was like, that was really scary. Really, really scary. And it it definitely put like a little bit of a cloud over our trip that we've been yeah. planning for so long. It's hard to be like, oh my gosh, there was a terrorist attack and four people were killed. Um, 
And now we're going to have high tea. You know, like it was, I wasn't sure if people would think I was being flippant about the attack, which I certainly wasn't. And you couldn't be like, oh, poor me. We planned this trip for four months. Because then you're a total jerk. You're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. (laughs) So it's like, what do you do? And and Um, I I, uh, ultimately was like, you know what? This was beyond our control. There was nothing we could do. And and had we actually not been in that part of the city, I don't even know that we would have known it was happening because any everywhere else in the city was business as usual. Nothing really changed. We didn't see any other um, effects of it anywhere else that we went to any of the other tourist sites or anything. How did you explain it to your daughter? Um, honestly, I don't think she really, we didn't really, cause she didn't know what was going on. She, Chris played with her the whole time I was working and doing the whole stuff. time you're doing news. Yeah. Doing yes. new stuff. Um, and she was just playing cause there's a park right there. And so they just played in the park and had snacks and, um, I don't even think she really knew what was so going on. So you didn't feel, you no. didn't want to share. I mean, she's, you know, f- almost four and explaining a terrorist attack to a four-year-old right. sounds very unnecessary. True. Like she's sadly, I think, going to have many opportunities in her life where I will have to discuss this with her. And I, that makes me sad no, to even it's say so, that. But uh, when I, with this podcast, I'm like, well, I should probably just have an episode in the can with an expert yeah. about how to talk to our children yeah. about this. And yeah. then... And then, it, you know, time passes and we move forward and then it happens again. And then it happens again. Yeah. In relation to what do we share with our young children and what do we not and mm-hmm. how upfront are we, we just had a personal experience in our family where our dog Riggs died. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. He was very old and he was very sick. And Sabrina and I were out of town and Adam was working insane hours on the weekend, and he came home, and he couldn't walk, and he couldn't see. And so mm-hmm. it was time. Uh, so my daughter and I, did we did FaceTime with Riggs because we were out of town, and we did FaceTime with the dog. And I was like, this is what parenting is in yeah. 2017. Yeah. <laughs> you do it FaceTime totally with the with the dying But I love that pet. you did that, though. I was so sweet. When we came to the door today, she said, my dog is in heaven. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, my God, that is so sweet. Adam was concerned that she would think that if she left town, something bad would happen with our family. Oh, yeah. So we said goodbye on Facebook. We just told her, or not on Facebook, on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. We told her that he was really sick and he was going to the doctor and that there was a chance he wasn't going to come back um, to our home. Uh, and so then we came home and we were settled for a few days. But, you know, obviously a child is aware that her pet isn't there anymore. Right. And so I was nervous about it. A lot of parents encouraged me to be um, upfront about it. And so it was a really sweet moment um, where I was with her and she had her head on my lap. And I was like, you know, Sabrina, so Riggs isn't going to come back and um, – you know, he was very sick, and so, and he passed away. And she's laying on my lap, and she goes, Mom, stop licking your finger and putting it on my face. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, stop licking your finger and putting it on my face. Were you putting your fingers in your mouth? They were tears. Oh, no. <laughs> but her eyes were closed. 
kissed and she thought I was like licking her. Oh my God, that's so cute. Oh, that's so cute. But that pretty much sums it up like how we, I think, are absorb more emotional um, life events than they do at this age. Mm -hmm. Well, because we're we're totally adding on so much more, right? It's like every dog that's passed away. Yeah. (laughs) Or every time you've said goodbye. I know. We just, we compound it all together and they're really living moment to moment. And Mm -hmm. so it was a really good choice. And I'm so grateful for all my friends who are like, you got to, got to come clean, Ellie. You got to come clean. Just say it. Um, And so that is such a crazy thing about parenting, right? Is figuring out what's appropriate at what age. Yeah. And then she was, it was so amazing to watch how healthy children are in their metabolizing Mm -hmm. of emotional events. Yeah. Because she would be really sad and then she'd be fine. And then she'd be really sad and then she'd be fine. And at one point she goes, Rick's body just said, peace out. <laughs> oh like, my yeah. gosh, but true, yeah. And then I was like, you know, and then I leaned on the heaven stuff and mm-hmm. the angel stuff. And she's like, she's, she's like, well, when is he going to come back as an angel? When am I going to see him as an angel? And I was like, well, you can't see angels, sweetie. And he goes, she goes, well, in my book, she has like some Christmas book. I was like, is your daughter writing a book? That's so LA. <laughs> yeah, in her book. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, not yet. In my book, um, where I no, she would. Mix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she's probably like wanting, she's probably pitching a reality show oh around my town gosh. right now. Um, but she was, it, it was interesting to watch a three year old sort of figure things out and then want to share it with other people. And so, because she didn't have any shame associated or any of the baggage associated with death. Right. So she would go up to someone on the street and pet their dog, and they'd be like, oh, do you have dogs? Um, And she'd say, yes, I have Chubbs and I have Riggs, um, but Riggs is dead. And (laughs) these people would (laughs) just be like, And And then for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, it just happened, and he is dead. And, like, it's just they're such little truth tellers. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, Channing is very blunt like that too with things, and and I think I, um, I'm worried right now about how to address this because we one of her best friends we just found out from school left while we were in London, moved away. I and you were gonna say died. No, <laughs> I was like, no. this podcast went from giving up on your dreams. Welcome to, to the bummer podcast, everybody. <laughs> so glad you're here. Act no. one, giving up on your dreams. <laughs> Act two, everyone's dead. Um, no, this little girl, uh, her best friend in the world, loves her, loves <gasps> her, loves her. What Moved happened? away while we were what? in London. There was no heads up? I think that the school knew, but I'm not that close with her mom. And um, so when we came in all day this week, uh, Channing's been like, where's Eleanor? Where's Eleanor? And I finally asked the teacher and she was like, oh, she moved. And I was like, say what? Um, and uh, I haven't had the heart to tell Channing yet. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to be so sad. She's going to be so sad. Or she'll just go, oh, Oh, okay. Or maybe in my mind, I'm making a bigger deal of it and I'm more worried than she is. Because like mm-hmm. you said, kids can process things, I think, a lot easier. And maybe we're just worried because we see them have meltdowns over their cereal and over the potty or whatever. Right. Over that they everything. won't be able to handle bigger emotional things yeah. and situations. But maybe it's because they're so good at this because they were practicing all the time with the meltdowns over yes. their cereal. What I've been thinking about a lot lately is priming 
and this idea that I wanted it to be the right moment to share with Sabrina, Mm -hmm. which sounds obvious. But if I had gone to her when I was really upset or it wasn't a good relaxed moment and we didn't have a lot of time, I had a a fun activity planned afterwards to Mm -hmm. dye Easter eggs. And before that, we had breakfast outside. And so we were in like a good, calm place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's helpful. Like yeah. if we show up with that dread, yeah. then they're going to be like, oh, God, Anxiety. something is bad. Yeah. But if it's like, oh, I would maybe get a book about pen pals <laughs> yeah. to share with your daughter. Yeah, I and tra- Or like find out where she is living yeah. or FaceTime with her and then learn about well, her new town. Here's the deal. She's living by LAX. So she's still in L.A. <laughs> but I know you understand when I say she might as well be in another state. I know you're la- I know why you're laughing. Because in L.A., if somebody, because we live on the east side of L.A., and this girl moved to LAX, we're yep. never going to see her. You're again. not going to be friends. We're never going to see her again. So it's not like she moved out, out of state. She's just on the other side of L.A. <laughs> Maybe you could plan a beach date. I think I'm going to try to plan something with her mom, for sure. Yeah. That's sweet. We've got to plan something. And we, it will not be regular uh, as as it was for her in school, but mm-hmm. um, we got to plan something. She's going to be so sad. Be like, bye, I'm moving down. But that's so true, right? Everybody in L.A., like, you have your East Side friends, and then if you meet a new mom, you're like, oh, my gosh, no. you're so cool. I love to hang out with you. Where do you live? Oh, I live in Santa Monica. Oh, forget okay, bye. Nice to meet forget you. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. We'll see you on Facebook. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, Pretty it's much. ridiculous, but that's the, that is the world we live in. <laughs> totally. So what is the biggest misconception about uh, motherhood in Hollywood? I think, uh, and you probably know this too, I think that there's a misconception that it's all very glamorous and that everybody is um, Kim Kardashian glam squatting it every day. <laughs> or, um, you know... Uh, my friend Kate Casey, who has another podcast, Reality uh-huh. Life, does a funny photo series where she shows like celebrity moms, like what they look like all glammed up and like just posing in their bed in the morning with their breakfast, looking amazing in a silk robe. And then um, what actually happens is when your kids are jumping in your face, your cat is, you know, pooping somewhere nearby or whatever. Um, I think that's a huge misconception. What I've learned over the past year and a half of doing my show and meeting so many wonderful moms, people think that we all are very glamorous. We all wear designer clothes. Um, we all go to, par- you know, very fancy parties and things like that. And I think some of the big celebrities do, but only when they're like promoting a movie and stuff like that. Like I think most moms and and in particular celebrity moms, because I've interviewed a few celebrity moms, that's not real life. That's what they put on the internet. That's what they put in magazines, but that's not their real life. And that's what I wanted to expose with motherhood in Hollywood is show like just how real, the more real side mm-hmm. I mean, that you, that word gets used a lot, but the more reality of what being a mom in the entertainment business is. And I don't mean to just focus on actresses because I interview a lot of producers, directors, writers, um, stylist, everybody from different angles of the industry who are also moms, but maybe have to executive produce the biggest show on television mm-hmm. or um, are, uh, is it our director that's freelance and looking for new work every week and, but has, you know, four kids. You, it's just such a unique business that we're in mm-hmm. and it doesn't lend itself to the typical nine to five issues that a lot of moms deal with. So for me, that was fascinating. It was interesting. And I wanted to um, 
show that, expose that side of it. How do you deal with childcare being a <clears throat> freelance oh, yeah. artist? That is a huge problem in LA. The fact that there is not a lot of accessible childcare. I mean, your options are um, to have nannies on call or like a babysitter on call. Because re- really, unless you're working on a show regularly, your um, work is few and far between. Like you may get a job every couple of months if you're lucky or sometimes maybe if you're really lucky every couple of weeks but um but there are auditions yeah and then there's auditions too where you know sometimes you get one a week sometimes you get seven or eight a week so you just don't know it's such an unpredictable um environment and you almost always have to have some kind of child care on standby for me i have this sort of village of really wonderful childless friends who don't have kids, so are more than happy to come and play with mine, which I'm so grateful for. Um, they really helped me out uh, this first, especially this first three years, in watching my daughter when I had auditions and stuff like that to go to. But um, LA surprisingly doesn't really have a lot of flexible childcare options. I know there's a new place that just opened, mm-hmm. We Village, um, and they're not paying me to say that they're not. Yeah. Like, but like it's a new option, and but it's also you know it's a little expensive, and most actors can't really afford all that. So, childcare, finding adequate childcare when you're an actor or director in this business or writer or whatever is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Okay, so I'm popping out of this dress right now. So cute, your little baby bump, and uh, we are expecting at the end of July, baby girl number two, and um. You're one and done. And I'm, I'm, oh, uh, I'm not jealous. Uh? That would be inappropriate to say, <laughs> well, I have a life inside of me. Right. But there, there are parts of me that are like, like oh, oh, man. You need to go through it all over You again. figured it out. You've yeah. got your your non-mom friends helping you out. Like yeah. your podcast is doing really well. You're on an yeah. upward trajectory and I'm I about so. to just like go into a cave. Um. Yeah. I, I think for me it was like um, – we thought about it for a while. My husband and I talked about it for a while when Channing was like about one. Um, and there was a window there <clears throat> between one year and 18 months where we were like, yeah, we let's have another one. Why not? Um, and then she had 18 months and I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I cannot do this again. I know. Even though you have the really sweet kid that'll go to events with you. Yes. She's not always that way. There are definitely, she definitely has her moments. And when she was uh, like 18 months to about two and a half, it was some of the darkest times. This was pre-motherhood in Hollywood. And it was, those were dark days because she literally. (laughs) I know, right? Pre-podcast days. Yeah, pre-podcast days. Um, She would have like the biggest meltdowns um, over nothing, the tantrums over nothing. And I was a full-time stay-at-home mom by myself and, um, you know, Chris would come home in the evenings and try to relieve and help or whatever. But it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to take a toddler who has such big feelings. And it also didn't help that the internet makes it seem like everybody else's kids are perfect Mm -hmm. and lovely and Mm -hmm. always, you know, adorable. By the way, you're adding to that, though. Huh? Just to hold your feet to the fire. No, I don't think I am. No, you're... No, No, I don't think I am in that... Here's why why I say that, is because... um, I don't show pictures of her in a tantrum state or right. having her, you know, moments or whatever because I want to respect her as a person that she's going to be. The person she's going to grow into be 
is not going to appreciate, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, maybe she would. I don't know. But, I mean, all I know is I would not want somebody taking a picture of me at my worst moment, my most tired, my most hungry, mm-hmm. my most bitchy, whatever, right. and posting on the internet and being Agreed. like, look at this kid. No, I, you know what I mean? Well, so maybe that's the why, and I totally appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a bummer when you see um, people do that. Because I feel bad for the a bummer. kid. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. Like there's, to me. Yeah, there's whole Instagram feeds and, and Tumblr sites or whatever that are devoted to that. And while for some parents, maybe it feels cathartic mm-hmm. to post those moments. For me, it feels like I'm disrespecting the woman that my daughter is going to be someday. And I don't want to do that. Now, I will write about it and I'll be like, right. man, this was a tough day. And she you're very honest on your podcast right about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm always very honest about that. Like, we may be smiling in this picture right now, but moments before, holy God, it was uh, rough. I'll well, be then, honest, but I'm not going to put that image out right. there for eternity. Well, you know? then, absolutely. And maybe that's... Something for us all to keep in mind when we're looking at our Instagram feeds Mm -hmm. is like when moms aren't showing that other side. Because what I see is like a really cute, smiley kid. And I, the same with Sabrina. Right. Cute, smiley kid, like, oh, like superhero cape, like this is great. Right, right. And uh, Sabrina too. And, um, And we're not sharing that other stuff. So, I mean, this sounds so obvious at this point, but it feels. It just feels like we um, we need to always remember that for every Instagram shot, there's like 20 moments that are not Instagram worthy. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that maybe when we <clears throat> don't put up those other moments, it's because we're protecting our children, not because we're trying to present ourselves some yeah. sort of fake life. I'm definitely – my tagline in my podcast is I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. I'm not a perfect mom. I don't have a perfect daughter. I've never claimed to have one. Um, anybody who says they do is fooling themselves. And, you know, I always try to be very genuine in my writings, but with the caveat that stuff lives on the internet forever. And by the way, that's kind of freaking me out. It's free. Yeah, it's freaky. And our podcasts, everything we talk about will live on forever. So I'll never be be a Supreme Court justice. Never like give up on that dream right now. I'll never um, be a Supreme Court I, justice. I don't want to, like, give the impression that things are perfect. No, and I, but, and I should you know, clarify. Yeah. I do not think that you do that. Oh, okay, good. I didn't – no, I didn't think that's what you are saying. I just I, – and I always tell people this, too. Like, I um, always want to be respectful of her, you yeah. know? I feel like when I was growing up, my mom didn't really respect my wishes a lot. Like, that's my own t- – I'm just going to get into some deep stuff Please. Here. That's what Atomic Moms is about. <laughs> right. Should have led Let's with just that. go deep. Uh, my How? mom definitely did not respect me at all. In what ways? Um, I was like a doll to her. Like, she would dress me up, and, like, I was, like, more of a fun plaything for my mom. Like, when I was five years old, my mom chopped all my hair off and gave me a perm and had a friend make an Annie dress, and I look like Annie for the next two years of my life. Um, and you did not want that. No, I didn't want that. I mean, but looking you are back a redhead, so you kind of yeah. that's kind of your fault. Yeah. Looking back <laughs> on the pen, no, it's my fate. <laughs> looking back on the pictures, um, it's adorable, and I'm really glad she did it. Sabrina's obsessed yeah. with Annie. It's so cute. Um, you should I, have your mother come over. Come on, mom. Um, but so I just feel you like weren't into yeah. that. What else? No. What else would? You? Well, I mean, there was lots of stuff like uh, my mom would make me dress a certain way, and I hated it. I used to fight constantly. Like I, I'm a. I'm a jeans and t-shirt girl, sweatpants, you know, kind of a gal. 
And my mom would tell me things like, you're never going to get a husband if you don't wear dresses and if you don't start dressing more feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, How ridiculous. I've been married for 16 years. Mm -hmm. Like, it's that kind of old-timey thinking that where my mom and I are very, very different. Um, And I don't ever want to disrespect Channing in that way. She very much has her own personality, and I see it, and it blows my mind. Um, and I want to be respectful of that within the confines of knowing I'm still her mom and I still know what's you know best for her. How does so, your mother handle Channing's um, strong sense of self? My mom adores Channing. Like she loves her, thinks she's the best thing ever. Um, it's a different thing. It's a different situation because the grandmas are different than moms, I think. And so my mom is just like... Uh, my mom doesn't understand where, she, you know, the parenting decisions that I make. Like, Channing couldn't have regular milk because she was a little, she was lactose intolerant. So we had to do all kinds of other things. And my mom was like, well, I just don't understand why you won't let her drink milk. And I'm like, what don't you understand? It gives totally. her the run. Totally. And I don't want to clean that up. Like, that's not hard to understand. Why? Yeah. And but why she makes those generations seem, do not understand no, what lactose intolerance means. No. I dealt with the same thing. She made it seem like it was a parenting choice me. that I was making to, right. to just be mean or weird. She's like, I don't understand you people in LA. Why you won't let her have milk? And I was like, because it makes her poop everywhere. The Well, I've had similar situations because I'm lactose intolerant, which by the way, now that Go I'm pregnant, on. I like don't even care. I'm now, like, now eating cheese about by food. the block, but oh my god, because I'm just sort of like, well, everything's a mess anyway. Like, just I'm so bloated, just can't tell. Who cares? <laughs> this is my moment. But you also reminded me with the whole like, it's such an LA thing. Mm-hmm. When my mom came to visit once, I had had uh, a follow up knee surgery uh, to fix the bone cement in my femur because I had a tumor six years ago this month and uh, removed <laughs> six years ago this month. And so when she came, Sabrina was like a year old. This was a follow-up again, surgery. Maybe she was a little younger. And I, she had to go to uh, an event. It was a charity event. It was very cool. It was for this uh, charity called Girls Inc., which is really special. Mm-hmm. And my mom want, needed to go anyway for work and she wanted me to come with her and this was I think a day after this follow-up surgery and I my knee was wrapped and I was we- had crutches yeah but I would go with her oh that's nice she kept being like you don't need to wear the wrap <gasps> and Mom, I was I like had surgery yeah and I called <clears throat> the doctor and they're like no you should wear the wrap because you know otherwise it's like an open well, she wound didn't need to be embarrassed that you ha- like I- had this bandage on your knee? I'll let you fill in the blanks. On oh, dear. But All it's right. uh but I but her excuse was, well, that just sounds very LA. Oh because I said, <laughs> I said you know, God. and I called the nurse was like, you know, because of pollution <clears throat> and other reasons, you want to keep, like you know. Infection. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep it wrapped. And that was my mom's excuse. Wow. Well, that just sounds very LA. I think it's a Midwestern y kind of thing, and maybe it's a generational thing as well. Um, but my mom was always about presentation, mm-hmm. always about giving the appearance <clears throat> that we looked nice and we um, our house was clean and, you know, all of that stuff. So seeing other <clears throat> other moms and other people who are in the mommy blogging space or whatever, who do present sort of a perfect image yeah. of their lives. Um, for me, it's like, mm, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's got to be something going on there because nobody's life is that perfect. Um, but yeah, like go on. I'm uh, loving yeah, this. go on. <laughs> uh, but that's all. I mean, and to answer your question, like that's ultimately why I don't post pictures of Channing where she's in, like you know, 
I also don't post her in stages of undress. It literally kills me when I see parents who are posting pictures of their naked baby. Everybody stop doing that. Tell us why. Because there are so many pervs that literally scour the internet and they look for hashtags like little girl or little boy. Um, And I know this because I've done, I've written stories about it for the news and I've read reports and they literally look for it and they take these pictures. um, They save them for themselves. It's easy to save and screen grab a a shot of a pretty little girl with no shirt on or lifting up her dress or whatever. Um, And, you know, they use it for their own personal pleasure and they share it with other um, pedophiles. There's like underground networks and they share stuff. This podcast is really dark. <laughs> so I'm dark. so sorry. 9 a.m. on a Friday morning and we are just hitting uh, all the topics. I just realized I was like, oh my God, Ellie's never going to invite me back <laughs> on her show because I'm, I promise I'm a comedian. I'm actually really funny, but comedians are dark. Um, we're a little twisted. Yeah. But I, it's just so much that I've read so much about it that I'm like, I'm nervous to, I get nervous to post pictures of her in general. So I always try to make sure that it is respectful of her as much as possible and that she's comfortable with it. I never take pictures of her where I'm like, you have to get over there. I'm going to take this picture of you. You know, right. if she doesn't want to do it, she doesn't do it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And I, uh, uh yeah, I tried to be respectful of her in that way um, because I would want, you know. I would want someone to to be respectful of me. Like, don't post pictures of me when I'm having a meltdown. Paparazzi, back off. No. (laughs) I I was hoping I'd go viral once when I had a meltdown with, I was pregnant with Sabrina, and I went to Ikea on a Saturday. Yeah. Bad choice. Just bad bad. choice. Have you been to the new one? I was nine months. No, I haven't. I'm excited about it. But I was nine months pregnant. I went to Ikea. It was hot. It was so hot because it was the end of August. Oh, gosh. Um, and they have like a weird, long story short, you're not allowed to park where you can put the stuff in your car. Right. You have to park in the garage and then do this illegal U-turn to get back to the parking lot. Right. And horrible. there was a, a, a family um, at the stop sign and I waved and I tried to do the U-turn and the guy would not stop honking and cursing at me. And they had a little kid in the back seat, and I was so crazy because I was so hot and so tired <laughs> from so Ikea pregnant. and so preg- <laughs> pregnant that I got out of the car oh, no. to show, and I was pointing at my belly. <gasps> oh, no. And were they like, so? <laughs> yeah, they did not care. They and I was care. like, and you've LA, got a daughter cares. in the backseat of your car, and you're cursing at me, and I'm a pregnant woman. Yeah. Like, please. People in L.A. do not care about your baby. Like, they don't care. Like, I can't tell you how many times people, I'll be pushing my stroller, and they will literally let the door shut in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> You know, it, there's just something because everybody has babies out here. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's just a weird. Well, vibe. we're also all so isolated in our cars. Yeah. We're all focused on our own things, which, it, by the way, yeah. is why I think I'm realizing we're such bad drivers, yeah. too, because nobody is taking into consideration anyone Any else. Driver, yeah. I always say to uh, whenever I'm in the car with Chris or whenever I'm cursing at somebody driving by me, I'm always like, <laughs> Your destination is not more important than mine. And there's a huge sense of entitlement on the yeah. roads out here where it's like, no, I'm not going to let you merge because I want to be 10 seconds ahead of you. Which you know? I know. It's and then absurd. I'm such a scaredy cat. So then I'm constantly missing exits to the freeway like, because oh, no one can let me. <laughs> Everyone, I'm like Cher and Clueless. Oh, no. I'm a 33-year-old Cher and Clueless. <laughs> like, ah, I'm pregnant. I'm going to jump in the bag. I'm like, ah. Oh, 
no. Oh my gosh. That's so easy Actually, to do. Actually, it wasn't Cher, was it? It was the, her friend. It was her friend. It was her yeah. friend. Now I yeah. can think of her name. Uh, but, fans, oh, we'll know. Yeah. And also uh, the lead guy. Speaking of motherhood in Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, no. Oh, my God. I'm in love with him. Donald Faison? Yeah. Yeah. He's in My Husband's Pilot. Oh, nice. Isn't that cool? Oh, that's really so, cool. NBC He's Pilot so called funny. Spaced Out. Hopefully, they'll pick it up. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay. How can all of our mamas find you? You can find me on iTunes. Uh, search Motherhood in Hollywood. And then please subscribe. <laughs> yes. Subscribe to both of ours. Yes. And if you haven't subscribed, do it. And then leave it's us reviews. Important. I don't think people... If you're a fan of podcasts and a fan of what podcasters do... It makes a world of difference if you just click subscribe and leave a review. It really does. And it sounds weird. And, you know, you might be like, oh, well, you know, I don't have the time to do that or whatever. But it lets the podcaster know, like, we appreciate your work and we like what you do. And because it takes a lot of time and effort to set up guests and to edit your show and um, research your guests. And I know you put a ton of work into researching your guests. So I don't as much. So you should. I'm always reading. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so please um, subscribe to Atomic Mom, subscribe to Motherhood Hollywood if you don't already. And then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, just search Motherhood in Hollywood. And then on Twitter, I'm at Heather Brooker. And um, my website is motherhoodinhollywood.com. And that's where I write about like movies and TV shows and parenting tips and um, tips from actual experts, not just me. And uh, yeah, just a fun little... I just, it's my website. I do whatever I want with it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thank, thank you for you. keeping us also up to date with like all the latest trends in the kid world. Yeah. You know, what are the new shows and all of that stuff. Oh, like, yeah. It's there's really, so many good ones. Yeah. You do such a great job with Yay, that as thank well. Thank you. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I hope this episode is um, number one on iTunes because I'll feel really terrible if you drop to like 5,000 because of me. How would I even know if I was 5,000? They only do like a top 150, right? I know, I know, right? but I'm like, it would just be my luck where you're like, um, Heather Brooker's episode made me drop down. To- yeah, I'm going to show you the stats later. I'll be like, oh, there was a real dip. <laughs> Thanks, Heather Brooker. Um, Not at all. This was so much fun. So much Thank fun. you. Okay, let's go see if our daughters uh, survived. Are- Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I was going to say something, yeah, darker. But yeah, survived <laughs> is a better way to put it. Uh, everybody, until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Mm-hmm.